Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. I want to keep talking about Psalm 15. I know we wrapped up yesterday in a little place of consternation. I was wanting to leave us a little bit scared. You were hoping to go ahead and give us some comfort. I'm not sure what today's topic is going to do about that, but I want to talk about Israel and Psalm 15. (laughs) You ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read today from the New Century Version. It's called the International Children's Bible, but this is Psalm 15. Lord, who may enter your holy tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? Only a person who is innocent and who does what is right. He must speak the truth from his heart. He must not tell lies about others. He must do no wrong to his neighbors. He must not gossip. He must not respect hateful people. He must honor those who honor the Lord. He must keep his promises to his neighbor, even when it hurts. He must not charge interest on money he lends. He must not take money to hurt innocent people. Whoever does all these things will never be destroyed. Destroyed. Okay. So I want to highlight how serious this psalm is. When I, and here's why. When I talk about the Psalms as the hymn book Mm -hmm. for the Israelites, it's very easy for me when it comes to our own hymn book, our song book that we sing. It's easy to walk through singing as, okay, it's this wonderful act of worship. It's great. I love the songs. They're beautiful. Aren't those words nice? Aren't those sentiments sweet? But not let them be taken as absolutely and utterly seriously as they probably should be. And I think I can do that with the Psalms, too. I come at the Psalms with a very devotionally kind of mindset, a mindset that isn't that sweet, isn't that nice, what wonderful sentiments. But these qualifications that are listed here are absolutely serious, and God took them seriously. Do you think part of that is because when we're reading in the Psalms, we're actually reading Scripture? I mean, here's the Word of God. Well, that makes that different you know, than our hymn book, yes. And, and our hymns are largely not yes. by inspired writers. The other thing, too, is so many of our hymns lean towards the romantic, whereas the, <laughs> the, the Psalms are... are uh, I guess doctrinal would be the word. Maybe that's not the right word. I don't know. But I'll tell you where I'm going with with this thought is that our our song books today have an excellent number of songs that are good for rejoicing and praising and celebrating. They are very light on lament, Mm. very light on admonition and warning, very light on that. Sure. Uh, And so, you know, that's... I guess that's just really an observation. Yeah, we don't we don't have a whole lot of songs in our songbooks that say don't charge people interest. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, exactly, exactly. Uh, a lot of songs warning us about lying or taking bribes against the innocent. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just hard to rhyme interest. Yeah. Well, <laughs> in four four time. <laughs> yeah. So I. You know, I I don't want to get sidetracked from the psalm itself, talking about the difference between our hymn books and the psalms. I'm just I'm just highlighting that if I'm not careful, I refer to the psalms as Israelites hymn book and I can end up approaching this hymn book, this Psalter 
the same way I sometimes approach what we sing. And that's probably not the way I should approach what we sing either. Well, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. We probably ought to give greater attention to the things we sing. Yeah. I think about the Reformation era and, and Martin Luther's churches and his movement. Those people had to buy their own hymnals and they used them as devotional books. They were supposed to read their hymnal every day, just like they were supposed to read their Bible every day. Interesting. And, uh, you I know, not aware of that. Yeah, that's true. And we, we don't hardly look at hymnals like that at all. We certainly need to read this Old Testament hymnal in this way because yeah. it is not just nice, sweet sentiments. It's not just poetry that we kind of all struggle with and, hey, it's cool. It makes me feel good. Sometimes it doesn't make me feel good, but overall it doesn't impact me very much. And here's here's what I'm trying to get at. Have you ever thought through why Israel and Judah get kicked off the land? For their idolatry and faithlessness and... Yeah. Yeah. And because they didn't follow Psalm 15. They were not Psalm 15 kind of people. That's a nice summation for all the different ways, I guess, they violated the covenant of God. Very much. Very yeah, much. In yeah. fact, there, there's a particular passage. I mean, I think we can find this all over the place, but there's a particular passage I think really demonstrates and connects to the kind of things we see in Psalm 15. I'm going to read from Jeremiah 7. Now I'm reading in the ESV this time and see if you can pick up on some of this as I'm reading it. But in Jeremiah chapter seven, the word came to Jeremiah from the Lord, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there his word and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter the gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless, or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. Go now to my place that was in Shiloh, where I made my name dwell at first, and see what I did to it because of the evil of my people. Israel. And he goes on saying some of the similar things. Now, obviously, idolatry is mentioned in there. And I I think yeah. in the past, I have had a tendency to focus all on the idolatry aspects of why they got kicked off the land. That's obviously a huge part of it. The two greatest commands, love God and love your neighbor. Right. And I focused on that side of love God. But here in Jeremiah, the, the great majority of what he talks about, he says the idolatry, mm-hmm. but the great majority of what he talks about is about the relationship with one another. You're oppressing the wid- widows and the fatherless and the sojourner, by the way. You, it's shedding innocent blood. All of these things. That's what Psalm 15 was saying. You want to dwell in my hill? Don't be like that. That really does echo this psalm incredibly. Uh, And as you were reading it, one of the things that jumped out at me was this hypocrisy that really is unearthed here. That in the way I'm going to sin and violate God's covenant, 
every other day of the week, but, you know, come Sabbath day or come the Holy Feast days, well, then let's go up to the tabernacle of the Lord. Let's go to the temple of the Lord and go worship there. I mean, uh, that's that's really something uh, to read. Uh, where was the passage? But this idea that I've delivered you to then go practice these abominations. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One of the things I noticed here in Jeremiah 7 that I find interesting is that the first time he says dwell in this place, which is in verse 3, it, it sure comes off as dwelling in this temple because that's where they are. He's at the gate of the house of the Lord. He says, yeah. you amend your ways and I'll let you dwell in this place, which certainly seems like the idea of dwelling in the house of the Lord. But we drop down to verse 7. Then I will let you dwell in this place in the land that I gave of old to your fathers forever. And I guess the thing that I want to highlight from this is that when I come back to Psalm 15 and the psalm starts with who can dwell in your holy hill, who can dwell in your tent, we might read that as, all right, who are the very special people among all Israel that actually get to live on the mountaintop? But what Jeremiah 7 here recognizes is that there was a very real sense in what you were supposed to understand as an Israelite is if you are in the Lord's land, you are dwelling at the very least, under the shadow of his tent, his mm-hmm. tabernacle, his temple, his holy hill. Everything in Israel was going up to mm-hmm. that place. You you were on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Even if you were in the very southern part or the very northern part, the central place was the mountain of God. And everybody who was living in God's land was dwelling on that hill. And, and so it wasn't supposed to be... Well, here's the folks that get to live in the land, but now this special group of people get to live in Jerusalem. And what God says is, you amend your ways or you're not going to get to live anywhere around my tabernacle, around my temple. You're not going to get to stay here. And so much of it was what Psalm 15 has talked about. And that's what happened, isn't it? I mean, Jeremiah is the last one that, you know, in his lifetime, he sees it all go down. It's just so heartbreaking. And because they don't amend their ways, they get booted off the land. They don't get to dwell. And in fact, what the Lord says is, look, guys, you're trusting in this idea. It's the temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord, temple of the Lord. Do you remember what I did to Shiloh? That was the tent of the Lord. But I destroyed that place because Mm -hmm. of evil. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, happened way back in the time of Judges. We don't even have the record of when that happened. We just know that somewhere along the line, it ceased being Shiloh was where the the tabernacle was. So somewhere in in that Judges period, Shiloh came under the judgment of God and got wiped out even Mm -hmm. though the Lord's tabernacle was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what he's saying is, I'm going to do it again. And of course he did. And Assyria conquers Israel and Babylon conquers Judah and they get driven off the land. Why? Because what we read in Psalm 15 really, really matters. It's not just sweet sentiments. It's not just things like, well, I need to try real hard to be that. It's, look, this is it. You don't do this. You don't get to be in the land. Yeah, you don't get to be here. And trying to bring the uh, the animal sacrifices or do whatever liturgy was involved uh, doesn't make up for it. Doesn't cover it up. And if you offer the sacrifice with the idea that hey, I've offered the sacrifice, now I can go live how I want. Right. God's pointing out, no. Deliver me to do more abominations. So we we said yeah. the other day that dwelling with the Lord is not an escape from dwelling with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think. One of the things that we need to recognize here is that having the Lord's dwelling among us is not justification for, well, not dwelling with the Lord, Mm. not dwelling Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. the Lord. 
we go back, I mean, we can look at this list and it's not exhaustive in Psalm 15. We've already recognized that because there's nothing in Psalm 15 about our relationship with the Lord. And we know the whole, the law was interspersed with that. Even in Jeremiah 7, the idolatry was part of it. Yeah. And, and even as you pointed out, it doesn't it doesn't use the word love here, you yeah. know, about loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength. You're, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not in the psalm. I, again, the thing I, I'm just wanting to get lodged down in my heart. Yesterday, I highlighted my big concern, and that is if I'm going to walk up to the house of the Lord and say, can I come in? And he's going to show me this list. I have to say, man, I don't qualify. And now I see a whole group of people that didn't qualify. And what happened to them? They got kicked out. Mm-hmm. And th- this is serious stuff. It's a great question to ask. So many people think, well, if if I die, I'll probably go to heaven. Well, why would God let you in there? We don't ever think about that. <laughs> we don't ever think about that. Why would God... Why would God let me in? And you know what? The very common answer is, well, because I mean, I'm 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 really pretty good. Yeah. And 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 how do we deal with lists like this? Well, I mean, I'm not as bad as that guy over there. Okay, I yeah. get it. I get it. I'm not I'm not perfect at this list, but I'm a whole lot better at it than that guy. I'm a whole lot better at it than that. So that ought to count for something, right? Yeah. yeah. This is this is not a competition for who's the best at this. Right. In fact, I'll promise you, we're going to learn tomorrow. If it was, you and I aren't the one who was we the best. We didn't win, did we? <laughs> no, we didn't no, win. no. But there is an assurance of, of blessing, you know, that he who does these things shall never be moved. Mm-hmm. And the Lord makes a way for us to go and to dwell with him. Then it will be blessed. So here's, here's where I want to wrap up, and then you can make your comments. I do not believe that the purpose of this psalm was to say that nobody gets to live with the Lord. Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. It, it can possibly sound that way as we're taking this one step at a time throughout the week. That's not what I believe this psalm is saying. But I do think we need to be really careful in thinking that the ultimate purpose of this psalm was to say, if you are good enough, you'll get to live with the Lord. I think there's something else that this is pushing us toward. I want to talk about that tomorrow. That sounds great. That sounds great. And we hope that you'll be back to join us tomorrow. Send us an email in the meantime, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. And we'll be back with you in the uh, the morning to uh, wrap up Psalm 15. Edwin, you want to lead us in prayer? Lord God in heaven, please, if it'll bring glory to you, let us live till tomorrow. But if not, take us to be at home with you even today. And Lord, we are very thankful that while in this psalm we've kind of gotten to a place right now where we're concerned whether or not we could live with you, I know we can. And I'm excited for us to talk about how and why and what the basis of that is. But for today, I pray that you just help us to sit in this place of of poverty of spirit and even mourning. And perhaps it will lead us to meekness and a hunger and thirst for righteousness so that we can be a part of your kingdom. Lord God, thank you so much for your son, Jesus, that makes all of this possible. And I pray, Father, that we will give our allegiance to him. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. 
Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. 